Good morning. Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I am Nick. I'm Matt. And I am deceptively not this energetic. I just put it on for you. Matt and I record Saturday mornings relatively early. And uh, it's, I mean, it's not that early. It's eight o'clock. I get up at four o'clock for work every day. So it's not, it's actually sleeping in, but, but I'm tired. But we do this for you, sweet, sweet nerds. We are here to discuss another random monster from a random monster manual, as usual. And because it is still so fresh and so clean in my hands, we're going to do another Tome of Beasts too, baby. We're going to open up to page 143. Matt, I'm not going to tell you what I think about this just yet. I want you to look at it and tell me what immediately comes to mind. Okay? Okay. So it's page, page 143. That right there, that looks like something that would be painted on the side of a van, honestly. <laughs> yes, but what, it does, it does. It, but what from season one does it make you think of? Oh, it's it's the tiger version of the dragon. Yeah, exactly. It's the felid dragon. It's basically a, a tiger with horns and reptile wings. So it's like, it's borderline dragon. It's also... Slightly chimeric, I think, right? Chim- yeah. Chimeras are, are lions too, though, right? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. It's also 100% Man of War cover. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 80s thrash metal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It just It's just missing like a skull under its feet and a, a, a puff of flame coming from its mouth. <laughs> yes, and a woman with barely any oh, yes. anything covering her body. Holding a chain that's hold- a... The, a chain, a chain around its neck. A sword because, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. that's a thing. Yeah, it's Bo- Boris. Who, di- who did all that, that Ale- art? Alejo. Yeah, Alejo. yeah, yeah. Yeah. In his, in his prime yeah. in the 80s, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. It, I mean, it looks cool. And I specifically chose this as a distinct, direct comparison to the Dragon. Okay. So, let's start. The tiger rises from its slumber, stretching its draconic wings. Light glints off its back-swept horns as it roars its deafening challenge at intruders. Similar to other dragons, felid dragons are treasure hoarders with an eye for shiny and sparkly things. They sometimes align themselves with those who are trying to do good in the world, though their motivation is typically selfish and focused on obtaining treasure. Like most cats... I love how it starts with similar to other dragons in one, and then the next one is like most cats. Felid dragons are naturally curious and often put themselves in danger just to learn more about the world. They like to play with their prey, allowing it to live a little longer than necessary before knocking it down again for their own entertainment. This behavior is unavoidably instinctual, and even the most austere felid dragons succumb to it. So it is a huge dragon. Okay. So we're, we're, we're talking like big tiger. Uh, neutral, completely neutral. Armor class of 18, hit points of 22d12 plus 132, which is averages okay. out to 275. But it is that, that means it is challenge rating 19. So it's, it's a beefcake. Like it's a big one. Okay. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. But yeah, okay. Speed of 40 feet, fly of 80 feet, speaks common, draconic. Has a flyby, meaning when it, it attacks when flying, it does not 
provoke an attack of opportunity when it when it leaves that space, flying out of that space. Yep. It has keen smell, which is advantage on wisdom checks that rely on smell. Magic resistance, which gives it advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. And it, it can also pounce. If the Felid Dragon moves at least 20 feet straight toward a creature and then hits it with a claw attack on the same turn, that target must succeed on a DC 20 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. If the target is prone, the Felid Dragon can make one bite attack against it as a bonus action. So it's just a, a, a one, two, three. Okay, it's like a charge, but with the added bite, basically. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Ch a charge is, is knock prone, or is that movement? It depends on the, the character. I know Lisa's character has that, where, and I think either Damon or John's character does as well, where if you charge and if you you hit they have a, the opportunity to save obviously but right. they can be knocked prone okay yeah that's al so, always good for always good to have someone in your party who can do that less good yep. when the the huge dragon does it instead exactly especially when you add in an extra attack on top yeah of it, so. a, a bonus action attack yeah that's nice that's let's see one bite attack so in general uh, it has a multi-attack. The Felid Dragon can use its deafening roar. It then makes three attacks, one with its bite and two with its claws. So that's four okay. four moves in, in, in its one turn. So the bite is a melee, plus 14 to hit, your, your standard piercing damage. Claw is slashing. And if the target is a creature other than an undead or construct, it must succeed a DC 20 con save or take 1d4 slashing at the start of each of its turns as a piece of claw breaks off in the wound. Wow. So it's not a it's not a bleed. It's a it's like I have brittle nails. Is that a is that a tiger thing? I've never heard of that before. That's a weird choice. Neither have I. <laughs> I I don't believe it's a tiger thing, but it's it feels like it would not be a good evolutionary path to take if your if your claws break so so easily. Each time the dragon hits the target with this attack, the damage dealt by the wound each round increases by a d6. Whew, Whoa. Okay. Any creature can take an action to remove the claw with a successful medicine check. The claw pops out of the wound if the target receives magical healing. So that's... Okay. Yeah, so remember that multi-attack does the one standard bite, but you get two claw attacks. So, so presumably you could have two two claws in you. Right, so at the start of your turn, that's a D6 of, of additional damage. Unless unless someone makes a good a good medicine check, which hopefully you have someone in your party who can do that. Or you spend your turn taking it out. So you're basically losing a turn or taking that D6. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, that's the choice of healing. You know, it's, it's triage. Mm -hmm. It's, can I get one more attack off on this thing or do we need to heal? Where, where yep. is the balance of, can you handle one more D6 or is it worth it or not? Exactly. It says he can, let's go to the, the deafening roar. Each creature within 60 feet of the dragon and that can hear it must succeed on a DC 18 con save or be deafened for one minute. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on a success. If the th 
if the throw is successful or the effect ends, they are immune to the roar for the next 24 hours. Your standard roar. Yeah, that but, reminds me of the Dragon, I think. Yeah, it had I a... I think the Dragon had that as well. So. It had a roar, yeah. I don't know if it was Deafen or or Daze or something. I don't quite remember. Yeah. But that's the Probably only Daze thing the Dragon had. Yeah, right, yeah. That's the only thing the Dragon had going for it. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing that we can really compare with the, the feel of dragon. And then finally, one last thing, sickening bile, a recharge of five or six. The dragon coughs up partially digested food and slimy bile in a 90-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a DC 20 con save. On a failure, a creature takes 20 D6 poison damage and is coated in bile. On a success, the creature takes half damage and isn't coated. While coated in bile, a creature is poisoned. A creature, including the target coated in bile, can use its action to remove the bile, ending the poisoned condition. So, Most interesting breath weapon I've heard. I was, exactly, it's 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 a breath weapon, but it's it's a it's a feel it's a feline feline mm-hmm. dragon. It's a draconic hairball, is what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, and that's another, another thing where it has to make the choice to, where it forces the player to make the choice. Do I take that off or do I suffer being poisoned, which is, gosh, what's poisoned in 5e? It's, it's just half damage or, or disadvantage or something. I don't quite remember, remember yeah, that. I don't remember either, but it's, uh, yeah. And because it's in a cone. Like you can presumably mm, hit mm-hmm. quite a few of them at once with it. So. Yeah, if your if your melee guys are clustered here and your wizard and 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 Sork are five squares behind them, you can still hit them all. Exactly. Which basically just gives the gives this creature another turn, mm-hmm. which is what three more attacks. Yeah, so right. Well, presumably the... you could have six attacks before anybody fights back. Yeah, the. The sickening bile itself is an action. It's just okay. So, just so that action. would take up its full turn, or it can multi-attack, which is the pound or the the deafening roar, the gotcha. bite, and the two claws. So, poisoned is disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks, which is oh. I, I unless you've got really good numbers or a, a good way to turn around like like luck or 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 whatever the the halfling has. I guess it's just halfling luck to re-roll ones and stuff. I I think it's worth taking the time to to get to get that that bile off of you. Sure. Cause it, imagine how many turns you lose rolling at disadvantage as opposed to just a single one taking that bile off. Well exactly. Yeah, you're gonna do that and then hopefully this doesn't recharge anytime soon. Right. Right. Yeah, it it depends. It's a what is it? it's a thirty three, yeah, it's a thirty three percent chance. So it's it's not minuscule. Yep. But hopefully the DM's rolling poorly. And I was I was thinking about the claw, being forced to 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 make that decision to pull the claw out. Yep. It's only a D six. Yep. And, and we're talking we're talking level nineteen, right? So yep. so players are presumably anywhere between seventeen and twenty. 17 is a bit of a stretch, but yeah. So, so you can, you can absorb that a little bit, you know, if your barbarians got that, 
If your barbarians got it, they're going to be in a rage and they're taking half damage anyway. So that's great. So hopefully the the cleric with the high medicine bonus is going around healing this, taking these claws out while everybody else is fighting. Yeah, the big concern is when the barbarian gets hit multiple times by that claw. Yeah. So, and you're if you're not taking them out, so does it stack? Does that mean you have you can have five, six claws in you if you take, you know, if he hits you with two claws for three straight turns and you don't remove them, are you looking at 66 worth of extra damage each round? Each time the dragon hits the target with this attack, the damage dealt by the wound each round increases. So that is every single time it's hit. So unless you... But... But is all, does all it take is the one medicine check to remove them all, or do you have to get each one? What do you think? It doesn't say. It just says any creature can take an action to remove the claw with the medicine check, or the claw pops out of the wound if the target receives magical healing. I would say magical healing removes them all. I would think so, Because you're basically right? pushing them out, mm-hmm. but a medicine check would be basically going in with a pair of tweezers or whatever and yeah. pulling them out. So I would say that's one at a time. Yeah. And if you're if you're really nasty, if you're say it's the barbarian and they're up there in it with the dragon, that medicine check gets disadvantage. Because this this seems like it ought to be slightly sensitive work here to get this thing out, you know? If the barbarian's doing it himself, yes. If a cleric oh. comes by and does it, then no. But okay. Yeah, I would say either it's disadvantage or the the dragon gets an attack of opportunity. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's tough. It's not it gives just enough to 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 give me several ideas here. Yeah, which is a good monster manual entry. Yeah. Yeah, you can take it depending on how you want to be as a DM. It gives you those options. It gives you you I mean you you play it raw, you 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 put a spin on it depending on the flavor or or you can always pull back if you're if you're being benevolent, you know. Yes, yeah, exactly. Th- th- I have seen, I have seen rules like this where it doesn't stack. You get a claw in you or two, but you don't get any more. Mm-hmm. You know, L- logically, yeah. fi- like physics wise, it doesn't quite. You can't quite explain it, but I mean, who cares? You know, it's it's D and D. Yeah, it's make believe. You know, yeah. As the DM, you can say, "Oh, oh, nothing broke off." That's all. Yeah, there's always a way, a workaround. Mm-hmm. So, hands down, significantly better than the Dragon. Easily, easily. Yeah, for sure. Doesn't, because it says Felid Dragon instead of Tiger Dragon, could be any cat you want. I was just going to ask that. Yeah, so that basically means you could, you could reskin this as any feline, mm-hmm. not just not just the tiger that's in the in the picture there. Right, right. If it's a you make it a cheetah and then it's boosted speed, that would be really cool to see. Mm-hmm. You could even make it. I guess it would be a t- tiny, a smaller, tiny size. I think s- tiny and make it a house cat. You know, sure. How cool would that be oh, to yeah. see one of these curled up on like the the big bad guy's lap or something? Just knocking stuff off tables. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Doing its its sickening bile hairball on the carpet. <laughs> yep. And it just kind of melts the, the ground. Yeah, right. 
I don't think I would use that as anything more than flavor, obviously, because it's, it's so tiny. Unless we're doing that, that tiny campaign that we talked about a while ago. I don't quite remember. I think it was, we were talking about playing Leshy, possibly. Yeah. And using believe, the, yeah. using the, oh gosh, the other cat thing. Oh, boy. The, the Grimalkin? Gr- the Grimalkin, yeah, as like a big bad guy there because it can shape change. Yep. Or not not necessarily a Leshy campaign, but like a Red Wall campaign, you know, where you're all kind of vermin. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that, the Felid dragon at, at cat-sized, house cat size is, is the, the perfect bad guy for that, you yep. know? What about a swarm? Oh, yeah. A swarm of these? Uh, yeah, the house cat size, obviously. Yeah. But that would be one way to use it as an offensive component. Yeah, that would be slightly terrifying to see a swarm of these oh, yeah. things. You know, have you ever, have you ever been around like, I don't know, like an, like an open cat cafe or, or something where just a mass of house cats would like run up to you. It is, I don't want to say it's intimidating, but like there's a, a lizard part of the brain that's like, oh. yeah, cause these are technically predators. Yeah. I mean, they're smaller, obviously they're tiny, adorable predators. Yeah. If they really wanted to, you could turn into just skin and bones. Yeah. Yeah. They would, they would eat the hell out of you very quickly. Yes, they would. Yeah. You die in their presence. You are the first thing to go. Although then, then there's another part of me that living with Raven for 15 years at this point, seeing a mass of cats, it's like, oh, I'm in heaven and I just want to lay down and have them walk all over me. <laughs> and and maybe they start to chew. Eh, that's, that's okay. Just like, like Michelle Pfeiffer in uh, Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> And maybe so, maybe that's the secret to the, to avoiding the feline dragon swarm is just just embrace them just go pss, 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 and just lay down and let them walk all over you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just have a psychotic break. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So would the big bad if it's a feline dragon swarm be like a a crazy cat lady hag? Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. How brilliant is that? Yeah. If, uh, Hags have minions all the time anyway, like hellhounds mm-hmm. and, and, and redcaps and things like that. They have minions. Look at look in Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. It has a big old section about hags. Really yeah. cool. That, I love that idea. That's and you don't even have to you don't even have to like directly hand that to your players on a platter. You can kind of it can just be subtle enough. And if they cotton onto it, awesome. They get the joke. But it it's, mm-hmm. it's, can still be effective. It can still be really effective as just fodder and minions for, for your powerful hag. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I don't see... And honestly, the, because he is 19, he can be your big bad. I don't know how much oh, yeah. you want to like really build on it, but... I mean, they, they are intelligent, uh, wisdom of 17 into of, of 16. They speak common and draconic ca- charisma of 19. You know, this could be a big bad who collects treasures. Very simple. Wherever you want to put a dragon, you can put one of these. Exactly. You do that. And then, you know, if you want to go that route where you're going the, the full sized feeling dragon, mm-hmm. then you have the, the cat folk that worship it or something Ooh, like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, it's 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 on a mountain surrounded by like tabaxi who who worship it or or God knows what or or yeah, or, exactly. or rock rakshasa. I don't know much about the lore about rakshasa. I'm not sure they would, but but again, take whatever character you want out of the monster manual. You don't have to follow those rules of their lore. Exactly. You know? Just because the Rakshasa in the book says they're loners and live in the deserts doesn't mean you can't pick up a lion or a, a tiger headed guy and put a whole village of them in there. You know, they're just not Rakshasa technically. They're, they're, they're felid, felid followers. That's all. And honestly, the, the Rakshasa rules as written could be 300 years ago and they've yeah. evolved mm-hmm. into a more stable unit basically yeah. or just so, this sect just this independent island for whatever reason too. yeah yeah you can explain away anything you want yeah exactly maybe it's just a family mm. you know mm-hmm. they're they're loners on their own but when you have a, a family of them then they they congregate so yeah they, like you said there's always a workaround for that kind of stuff yeah yeah the the only thing the the big divergence i see from if you want to plop this in instead of your your big bad being any number of the other dragons. Actually, this is the first dragon we've done, I believe, if you want to consider it a dragon. I mean, they, they do consider it a dragon here, but is that we don't have, like, an age, and I don't know how much that will affect your your, your gameplay as a, as a DM or, or as a player, whether it's ancient or young or wormling or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... Most dragons, especially the really powerful old ones like the ancients, have a shapeshift ability, which allows you to, as the DM, kind of put a little intrigue in there. Like, oh, we've been working with this mysterious benefactor who who is a who is a gnome, and then you find out at the end that you watch this gnome transform into this ancient sand dragon. Yep. And then your your face is blown off, you know, literally and and figuratively. Sandblasted, I should say. <laughs> Exfoliated. Yeah. yeah, that's I like that I that concept when using it with dragons. And I think that this could you could work something like that in here as well, especially if you're not going to use it necessarily as a an offensive component to sure. to the feel of dragon. Yeah. But even even if you are find it in a, in a different dragon entry and just introduce that here yeah. as well. I don't think it's really going to unbalance anything mm-hmm. too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. That's it. It's everything that we've been saying thus far is, is look at, look at other creatures and bring it over. Look at any dragon, look for the ancient and go from there basically because this thing is a level 19 because it's huge. We can assume it's, Whatever the one is before ancient, I know I should I should have these memorized, but it could be adult or or ancient, and then just pull any other qualities out of there that you want for that, and and that makes the idea of the like the young one on on a separate big bad guy's lap, like maybe it's a kitten, maybe that's the, their version of like a a wormling of this exactly. this animal, yeah, yeah, and and. Honestly, give shape shifting to anything you want. That if if you if it's powerful enough, it can turn into to a human form. Sure, why not? Yeah, like you said, if it's that level and that powerful, then yeah, shape shifting is is 
definitely within the scope of its power. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to say about the Felid Dragon, Matt? No, I don't think so. I like, you know, the it's got some good campaign hooks and the fact that it is a pretty blank canvas in terms of yeah. the the description. You could do anything you want with it from the Redwall campaign that you, you mentioned mm-hmm. to a very high level end boss type thing. It's it definitely lends itself to a whole bunch of different kinds of avenues to go down if you want to build something around this Mm. nothing like really specific jumped out at me as like oh this is the campaign for this thing this is how we're going to use this but i but we we did come up with enough enough options like you said that that you could really put it anywhere you want a dragon put this consider this one as well you know do not overlook this one if depending on on the the makeup of your party could could be a good choice the the theme of the campaign could be a good choice and don't forget to reskin it to whatever whatever cat you want you know you're you're in a jungle make it a cougar you're in the savanna make it a lion or a tiger or or a cheetah you know and think of think of think of the qualities that each of those would be bringing to the table exactly you know think of s- s- Seeing a completely black one as a panther, it basically would look like Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon. True. Yeah, it it is something that you can also use to flesh out your world as well. Like, mm-hmm. presumably, you'd be if it's a long campaign, you'd be going from area to area, mm-hmm. different climates, maybe things like that. So you could see a snow leopard, you and then a a lion in kind of a more savanna type mm-hmm. uh, type area if you go into a jungle you could see a jaguar or something along those lines and then in in a city you have smaller house cat sized ones that are just kind of walking around and you know spitting up poisonous hairballs everywhere yeah so, so it's where you it would be hard to introduce dragons in that respect without really kind of getting a, a more visceral reaction from your players. Probably mm-hmm. you could almost use these as something to fill in around everybody else yeah. and make it a more normal part of, of this world. Play, play up the feline aspect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was the, that was the one saving grace to the, to the, and I, I think saving grace is actually being generous to the dragon was using it as flavor, you know, yep. using it as, as, as something you pass in the environment. It's, it's the wildlife that you see. Yeah. Yep. So I, I'm torn for the unit of measurement here and I, I, I I'm going to make you choose either do draconic hairballs or dragons. What, what unit of measurement do you want to rate this on? <laughs> How much is a dragon worth though? I mean, let's be honest. I was going to say a dragon is only worth one. So we're good. <laughs> let's go with dragons. Okay. All right. How many dragons would you rate the Felid dragon? I would say that the Felid Dragon is seven dragons. Okay. 
that's safe. For for the record, the dragon was rated at a two. Oh, and so we we rated him dragon. as dragon imposters. <laughs> the dragon was two dragon imposters. Gotcha. So one dragon is two dragon imposters, which makes the feel a dragon fourteen dragon imposters, which feels feels good. It feels right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Transitive I property. <laughs> That's it for for the Fila Dragon, seven dragons of the Fila Dragon here. Thank you so much for listening. As usual, check out the site, check out the books that we have. Let us know what you want us to talk about. In addition, rate us and review us, please. That's how people find us. Unfortunately, we are at the mercy of the great big bad iTunes, and we need your help getting out there and being the, the intrepid adventurers that we want to be speaking into your ear holes join us next week where we will be talking another random monster from a random monster manual until then enjoy yourselves enjoy each other and we'll be back in a week thank you hey random encounters is a proud member of the feckless momes audio network 